My swing is so bad, I look like a caveman killing his lunch. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the 2020 season finale of the Bomb Squad podcast. I am your host of the most babe, Jerry Lou, and with me as always is Matthew Smith, 007, licensed to thrill. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good, man. How are you? I'm excellent. It's uh, We're recording the last episode of the year. There really wasn't much going on news-wise again, and then all of a sudden there was a bunch, but you were alluding to us doing like a little show where it's kind of like an end of the year wrap up things we want to kind of maybe see for next year. Not necessarily a prediction show because God forbid, I don't even know if certain schedules will hold up given how our culture is still, the ball is still bouncing down the road and uh, we'll see uh, where it wound, winds up. However, we uh, did, we're recording this on the shortest day of the year. So it could be the longest episode. Let me get that, get some business out of the way real quick there. Call it a timestamp there, people. Anywho, uh, you drinking anything today, Smee? You just got home. It's uh, early in the day. Yeah, we're kind of doing a midday, but yeah, I just poured myself a Ryan Ginger. I'm uh, on holidays this week. Got a little bit of work done this morning. Just uh, actually experimenting, moving around furniture in the living room, kind of just, you know, creating a new vibe in here. But uh, uh, yeah, just uh, trying to relax, get ready for the holidays and uh, take a little bit of time away, which I hope everybody has uh, the opportunity to do out there. That's right, because uh, Matt is of Canadian <laughs> origin descent, and so when he says holidays, folks, he's not being like uh, you know all inclusive or PC. You guys have you celebrate Christmas up there, but then you also have Boxing Day, which I'll admit I went over this. I, I, I this went over with me much like the rules of craps. Every time I walk up to the table, I have to learn the rules again. My last podcast that I was a part of, <laughs> the uh, my co-host was Canadian, and he explained to me what Boxing Day is. But Boxing Day is the twenty sixth of December. As a kid, always seen it on a calendar, I thought it had to do with uh, fist fighting, you know, like boxing the sport. And then I thought, no, no, it must be uh, returning items, you know, in boxes, you know, Boxing Day. It's clever that Canada's the only country that has this, according to my calendar. But uh, can you tell us what it does it have to do with the Boxer Rebellion? What is Boxing Day? So, I, actually, this is news to me. I had no idea that other countries didn't do this as well, but um, or the meaning behind it, it does kind of make sense. But essentially, Boxing Day is not the day that you would take back any unwanted presents because uh, a lot of uh, stores don't take the returns on Boxing Day here. Um, but it's essentially the day that everybody, all these stores have these crazy sales. It's like, it's like the American equivalent to Black Friday. Oh, um, interesting. so, just so crazy deals people lined up at like 4 a.m the day after christmas to spend their gift cards or whatever it might be buy that special you know big tv couch whatever it might be so um and actually on, on the canadian side boxing day i think it is best known for uh the world junior hockey championship uh which usually kicks oh, off today. yeah so team oh. canada traditionally plays uh on boxing day so it's usually the, the, the Christmas holiday tradition of, uh, you know, Christmas Eve and, and Christmas Day, you know, dealing with uh, your families and, and celebrating and, and, and giving gifts, everything like that. Uh, but Boxing Day is usually reserved for, you know, some people might have a little bit of a hangover, some leftovers, sit on the couch and watch some great hockey. So uh, that's uh, it, it. 
the tournament is running this year. Uh, it is running from a bubble in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, but uh, it'll, I'm actually very, very excited for some type of normality in this year. So um, that is our boxing day up here. <laughs> well, good for you. Uh, and as far as I know, the only reason why I, and I'll just, I'll downgrade it to, I assume it's Canada is every single calendar I've ever owned that said, a holiday on December 26th, the only holiday to ever show up was Boxing Day. And in parentheses, it would say C-A-N, period. And I was just like, yeah, short for Canada. So it, it, so I was just always like, okay, December 26th is some kind of Canadian holiday. Because a lot of people don't realize Hanukkah is like in the power rankings of the uh, <clears throat> Jewish faith. And forgive me, I'm only a half Jewish and half convert, convert. I, it's, like the fourth or fourth rank, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's like the fourth ranked in the power rankings for all like the Jewish holidays. You got Passover, Yom Kippur. I'm, I'm not going to like say any more. I mean, I don't want to get confused here and like say something incorrect and be like, well, it's, it'll take fourth out of the three that I'm, I'm not going to be a jerk like that. Um, but uh, yeah, happy holidays, everybody. This day, it's kind of, it's a bummer. We have some crummy weather here because I like to try and play golf on the shortest day of the year because I remember December 21st, 2018, uh, a buddy of mine I was playing golf with, uh, Coop, he uh, took a video of me teeing off of number high of Bannon Dunes with the sun setting. And you could tell it was warm because I'm wearing slacks and a polo and I took my hat off. Like I rarely had to golf without a hat and it was that warm on December 21st. And now today we're getting another day of just like an inch of rain. Like we've got a couple of those days now. It's, we're starting to get pounded. Next couple of days are nice, but uh, my uh, drink, Ty will be uh, proud of me. I've uh, upgraded because they're starting to really mark down the booze at my store. I got to go get some more. That rhymes. <clears throat> I got the uh, small batch, 1792, just a little bit more in here. I also got an ice bucket, a couple cans of Coke and uh, mix it together. And yeah, it's noon where I'm at. So let's get it started. Let's. Mm. And speaking of getting it started and back to the spirit of Boxing Day and uh, Black Friday and all the deals, I got a couple deals for you guys real quick. Still. Gorsegolf.com, G-O-R-S-E golf. Let's start over because in addition to the bourbon I, and cola I have eaten and I have drank an enormous amount of THC as well. Gorsegolf.com. They wouldn't mind if this was in the read, I promise. G-O-R-S-E golf.com. My boy Crazy and his wife Christine make great head covers hand-stitched in the U.S. of A in Bandon, Oregon. At least that's where... Uh, that's where they were. I don't know if they've upgraded yet because they're trying to get uh, move on to bigger, better things. But anyways, use our code bomb squad pod, all one word. You get 10% off your head covers. These folks, these head covers are like 40 bucks, maybe 50 for a super nice ones. And you get an additional 10% off if you put bomb squad pod in the coupon code section. And also I'm only going to say it this one time because it's the only time we'll be able to get it out, but not necessarily official uh, uh, sponsor of the podcast, but I just want to get it out there as quick as it can for just, the few days that exist, but my friends that I've just made over at Clean Caddy, uh, Clean Caddy <clears throat> starts with a K and a K, K L E E N K A D D Y sent me over their product, Maddie. I, I don't know, I'm not sure if you're aware of these things. I, I thought it seems like something I have seen right. them, yeah. It's it, they've only really been his company's only been around a month. I've been using it more and more. I had it in my pocket the other day when I was playing golf. I use it when I caddy, like, and and honestly, it's getting to the point where I only carry a towel if I need to keep my face dry or my hands dry or the golfer's grips dry, because these things, it's like a little neoprene pouch with a velour interior that you're supposed to, the more I, the more I use it, the more I learn how you're supposed to use it. It's, I'm a caveman here trying to figure this out, but uh, you pour a little water in there. 
it's perfect. You put your ball in there when it comes out, it's clean and dry. It's amazing. But if you go to clean caddy, that's K L E E N K A D D Y.com slash shop. You get an enter uh, Jerry Lou in the coupon code. Can you believe this Smitty? I'm a coupon code. You get an additional 15% off through the holidays on your purchase. I think uh, they sent me one for free. I think they go for 1199 American uh, company from Southern California company that was born in COVID him and his friends just uh, were golfing one day and they said, uh, you know, where, uh, where are all the ball washers? Now, to me, as an American who's golfed in really nice places and really crappy places, ball washers are kind of an old-fashioned thing. I don't know about you, Smitty. They, but if you want, it's kind of like, it's kind of neat, but like either used by people who use them every day and don't know any better, or they're just like not very well-maintained, at least not the ones at my club. But a lot of clubs have taken away the garbage cans. A lot of people, a lot of clubs have taken away the ball washers first and foremost. So this clean caddy thing is a pretty neat thing. And like I said, go to the website, go to the shop, Jerry lose the promo code 15% off for the holidays. That's the one time I got it out on that podcast. I don't think it's going to make loudest looper because that is, well, that's airing in a week. So also, if you're listening to this so far, you like the show, right? Well, five star, just five star again. And if you want, you only have to do it once. I'll, I'll stop bugging you. Leave a review. Just say it's great. You know what? Say it's crap. Say, say Smitty needs, he's got to cut that long hair of his or, uh, or Jerry like needs to talk way more. He's, he's, he's way too quiet and he's, he's so mousy, you know, just say something, you know, just, just leave a review. Say, uh, say, say you kick our ass better than at golf and we kick your ass. What? I don't care. Just hey, start. maybe, maybe yeah. toss in a suggestion too. Hey, if you want to hear something, let us know. Because I remember all the comments that I've asked for uh, people before have been really nice and earnest and it seemed kind of not labored, but kind of like, oh, well, I would have made you burn those calories for those six words. You could have said anything you want to. Freaking roast us. Come on, man. This is supposed to be fun. And, and, and speaking of fun, the one media outlet you can find me on social media, that is, is on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper. Jesus, Smitty, I think I've gotten like 40 new followers in the past, like as many hours. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened either, but I've had uh, a bunch of people hop on the uh, at Bomb Squad Matt uh, bandwagon, apparently. But uh, <laughs> you yeah, have a I, I, I'm a promo I, code and you have a bandwagon. Are you shitting yeah, me? Yeah, like I, I think we're actually making it here. We're making the big time. Um, I've actually looked into getting oh, uh, some billboard space here in, in North America around some like Times Square, things like that. But uh yeah, uh, big things coming. Apparently, it's gonna be a Tijuana, and you know it. Like you're gonna, you're gonna get what you're gonna get. Oh yeah, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an yeah. underground. It's 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 gonna be a billboard on the side of a tunnel, which is pitch black. <laughs> you need, and you know, some people like me never drive through tunnels just because they're not around me. So uh, <laughs> and, so frig right off. Uh, I noticed a few of our new listeners. I I'm sorry, I don't have the names right in front of me. My Twitter's on literally went on the fritz right when you text me when we were about to start. Uh, we got a couple of new listeners across the pond, which is neat because, I mean, you're Canadian. I'm a Yankee uh, living on the west coast of America in the middle of nowhere. Like like I said, I'm really impressed we have the proper electricity, electrical ohm, homage and uh, <clears throat> wires to even have the Internet thus make a podcast or, I mean, Zoom with you. So, <clears throat> uh, so isn't it crazy? Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm, indeed. So, OK, we got we got all the housekeeping out of the way. What do you want to talk about? There's. Look, there was okay first and foremost i think this will be the easiest to talk about uh and then because we can get into more golf I, oh, I hate to say get into the more golf related stuff as in golfing watching seeing golf but um evidently and this is how this conversation started with us and you cleared it up for me and then i'll just I'll, uh, this is me dribbling up to half court and then i'm going to chest pass it to the corner 
I saw a day or two ago something about like Morning Drive doing their last show, and I literally just kind of pulled a hole like you know, okay, well, I wonder what they're gonna fill in that hour. Like oh, that show's gone. Like if like it, I don't want to call Golf Channel a, a leper, but I mean it, it was just kind of slowly just kind of falling and rotting away. And then within 36 hours, the whole message I saw was no Golf Channel's gone. I got, I got hammered that message over my head so hard, like a frozen fish that I was even telling the wife that and she could be going around telling other people. And that's why I hate spreading misinformation. I swear to God, but when I'll, oh, I'm sorry, I'll tease this. Cause I want to get back to uh, something. God, I got, I forgot to write this in the rundown, but uh, I heard golf channel was shut down. If you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, it still could be shut down or maybe just shut down or not shut down at all. We'll get Matt Smith's answer in a second, but Matt, what was the answer to the question? The question, I'm sorry for those of people who only tune in just for the golf court at the top and the answer, uh, we won't do that to you ever again. Uh, sorry for the past 11 minutes, but um, who said my swing is so bad. I look like a caveman killing his lunch. I have no clue who said that great quote. So, though. It would be very unfair of me. Uh, before we started the show, folks, I was telling him how it's really tough for me coming, going through all these golf quotes because I don't want to have somebody who's like, a, a, like it, it's another answer and it's another Palmer quote or another Hogan quote or another Bobby Jones quote. But guess what? Those three names I just said make up about 85 to 87 and a half percent of all the good golf quotes out there. And I totally forgot about this guy. And now that I said that, that could between that and this seems to have a little bit of humor in it. Who would be the best golf humorist? to say something i would have to go with lee trevino now that you say that ding 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 it's lee trevino love it thanks i i was totally that's that's the other guy i was thinking of where i'm saying like these six guys like tiger and jack they all have all the golf quotes and i totally forgot steering that that tugboat is uh, lee trevino because he makes up a good chunk of golf quotes too i mean at least a good double digit percentage at least i mean and he was actually playing this weekend in the uh the pnc championship Yes, that's a great segue. Almost, but we got to get back to the Golf Channel. Is it shut down right now, Matt, on the shortest day of the year? It is. Oh, I feel like Jiminy Glick. Does it? Are we shut down in this year of 2020 and pit of despair that it is? Yeah, so it's very interesting. Um, so the Golf Channel, with its partnership with NBC and their ongoing relationship where I I'm not 100% sure on the ownership, but I believe the golf channels now owned at least partially or a majority or fully by, by NBC. Um, NBC had announced uh, a few months ago that they'd be shutting the Orlando studio down, um, which obviously includes the morning drive show. And they just um, moved there, didn't they? Or have they always been? No, they, they, they've been in Orlando since the beginning. Um, they may have had a new studio with the NBC partnership um, when they first came in, but uh, they will be transitioning to the NBC sports um, headquarters, I believe, in Connecticut, if I'm not mistaken. It is um, well, Quick question that'll answer and that'll confirm what you just uh, uh, said there. Isn't ESPN owned by NBC? I don't know to be honest i don't think so i, I want to believe that espn may be its own separate entity um i don't know about that because well, i know espn is uh, as well it's actually sorry espn is owned by uh I, I want to say disney oh yeah that's right it is disney i'm sorry that oh that was dumb hmm. yeah so so yeah there's obviously a, a giant transition um happening they've uh obviously they're looking to consolidate their nbc sports assets with their golf channel assets and that meant 
um, unfortunately letting a lot of great talent go, uh, which we've seen all over Twitter yeah. over the, the last few months. Um, and then the recent announcement as well of uh, Shane Bacon, uh, who I thought was excellent during the, the Fox broadcast, especially during the USGA events. Um, uh, I, I love to, to use this term as well, but uh, a, a great player in his own right. Uh, yeah, I believe he's possibly uh, trying to qualify for some USGA events and has been close and usually tries the U.S. Open um, qualifiers every year. But uh, yeah, it, it's just very interesting to see. I, I, I think personally for me, I, I wasn't uh, a morning Golf Channel viewer. I wasn't really a, a Golf Channel viewer for their, um, you know, their exclusive shows, Morning Drive or um, the coach shows, the swing coach, whatever they want to call it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just interested to see what the end product's going to be. Um, I, I guess one reason why I don't really like watching the golf channel that much is, uh, you know, I've seen enough F2 wedges and EX3 wedge and squares, square toe shoe commercials um, to drive my own vehicle off a cliff with me inside it buckled in. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's always good to get that uh, the pregame coverage, you know, a couple hours of uh, Saturday, Sunday coverage before the PGA Tour uh, main coverage comes on, whether that's CBS or, or NBC, whatever it might be. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting to see what is that product going to look like moving forward? What kind of offerings are they going to have? Is it going to be, you know, better programming? Is it going to be, you know, more random, just highlights? Who, who knows? It, that's, to, that's to be seen. But, uh yeah, it, it's a sad day as, uh, you know, it's literally the, there's the, you know, the house that Jack built with Mirfield Village and everything like that. But, uh, you know, this was the house that Arnie Palmer built, right? He was the founder of the Golf Channel, um, had his roots in the Orlando Bay Hill area, um, Bay Hill not far from the Golf Channel studios at all, um, kind of felt like the epicenter of, of golf coverage and golf media. Um, and that's changing. And it's unfortunate to see, obviously, we're not that far um, gone from from Arnold's passing, I, I want to say maybe three or four years now. Um, but to, to have such a, a symbolic move like that away from, you know, the previous culture. Um, yes, it obviously happens with with corporate takeovers and the like. But uh, it, the future is the future. We don't know what it's going to hold uh, for us viewers. But, you know, we're all interested to see what the, the new product, the new show lineup or or whatever it might be that comes out of it. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, ditto. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I really, I really have nothing on this because I never really watched golf channel in the first place. Just in that it, it, it seemed to me like one of those fledgling things, like pretend if MTV never took off or like pretend if like uh, a, a, a cooking channel didn't take off. There are a lot of things that tried to do what they did and it didn't really grasp. I mean, you would think golf having all the money of sponsorships and backing and everything and like its constituents of like, uh, and like what we pay to play and what like to dress ourselves and to equip ourselves and to arm ourselves and to, and to like uh, get liquidated literally and, and asset wise. I mean, you know, I was thinking about drinking anyways, <clears throat> when, and then to, to play golf. I mean, you would think that it would have one of those things where this could work and you know, maybe, maybe just, it didn't. I just always looked at it as a, a, a budgetary line item thing. <laughs> That, like for whoever owned it, just where it's just like, what are we going to do with this? And maybe they're being polite uh, to Arnold, like while he was alive, just letting that endeavor kind of just kind of hemorrhage until when he passed away. They're like, okay, now can we seriously talk about closing this branch of the service? Because, uh, 
you know, we can just combine the Marines and the army or something. God forbid. Hey, sorry. There's a lot of jarheads and soldiers right now. that are like punching the da their dashboards right now. And I'm kidding. Totally kidding. I was just trying to think of something. It was like, a, it was like an apples and green apples com uh, comparison. So, uh, and we're going to move on because I'm not going to say which apples, which. So speaking of sponsorships though, this last tournament was the PNC championship and and number one, God damn you for not laughing at a spot on Jiminy Glick impersonation. I, I'm going to take you out back and pull your little pants down in the cold, in the zero degree uh, Celsius and spank your little hiney. But uh, before we talk about the obvious headlines from this championship, what was the format exactly? Uh, two day format. So Saturday, Sunday, uh, two person scramble. So uh, we had. Yeah, was it so, so wait, had... No way. Did you get a pick? Well, I would say, well, I guess. I know the answer to this, so I don't want to give that obvious, like, dumb answer, but it'd be like, do you get to pick your partner? And I'd say, like, well, you could be a smart ass and say, eh, kind of. Yeah, so th this was traditionally the the, the father-son tournament. Um, it, it, it's just not called that anymore, just because, um, for instance, this year we had uh, Annika Sorenstam well, and... Sorry. Sorry, what was that? I said, is that because of they, them? But you said Annika Sorenstam. I'm like, oh, no, I, I thought we were just being PC. And it's like, oh, I forgot Annika was playing. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so it, it's very interesting to see, um, you know, usually it was a lot of, I, I don't want to say not name brand players, but uh, definitely players that uh, have kind of been out of the limelight for years. So, so like, uh, let's look at Greg Norman, for instance, playing with his son, um, I believe Greg Jr. Um, you had Mark O'Meara playing with his son, who looks like an <laughs> absolute beauty, by the way, uh, would like to maybe smash a few, uh, PBRs in the clubhouse with him after because he looks like a little bit of a hipster, but we're not going to go there. But uh, uh, wow. yeah, it, it, it's great to see kind of the the, the bigger name, um, th those names at the forefront of golf currently. Uh, obviously, we had Tiger and Charlie Woods making his first kind of, um, I want to say, prime time golf appearance. But uh, ultimately, the winner was uh, Justin Thomas, current number three in the world, and his father Mike, who uh, is well known around the PGA tour circles, not only as Justin's um, swing coach, uh, but obviously his father, uh, but a PGA tour or a PGA professional as well, uh, who has played in the national club uh, professionals tournament a few times. He's won some regional or sanctional sectional events. Uh, so again, a, a good player, obviously uh, in, in a great performance they put on the weekend. And I thought uh, some great coverage, other than obviously the tape delay on Sunday, um, but some interesting, interesting content that came out of it. Um, so that's, well, real, that's real, what real, was playing this weekend, but uh, where would you like to touch on uh, what we saw? That was a really great answer to a question that was, what was the format? But thank you. You uh, not only you uh, hit a home run and touched all bases, you just uh, stayed at home plate and hit another one again. So uh, much appreciate, but that was pretty much, I mean, you alluded to a couple things there. I like, we'll, we'll get to the my, the, my favorite part that I want to talk about at the end here, and we haven't really brought it up yet, but um, you mentioned Charlie Woods, one of, uh, one of Tiger's uh, offspring, and uh, he, I didn't know, well, maybe I kind of knew, I knew that uh, Tiger and JT have this fun little relationship that I think most golfers may or may not have, I hope they do, we don't know if they do, but I really enjoy like the friendly needling or stuff like that, where they're acting like how we always see like football player or American North, uh, American football players act or like, uh, 
or team sport players, I guess. So it could include uh, soccer players in terms of both footballs, but baseball. I, I'd go, I, I'd go maybe hockey players, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should I should have let off with that. Uh, and baseball, my favorite, the one I saved for the last, speaking of leadoff. But uh, ultimately, there was a, a, a shot where um, Charlie, I guess, hit into a bunker, and he left his he left a note in the bunker for JT behind him, and it said, "Did you see what it said? Did you see this video?" Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm not uh, quite sure on the full context of it, but uh, I believe Justin Thomas hit a, a tee shot, maybe on a, a dogleg hole into, it, it looked like the right fairway bunker. Um, and obviously there, there's some, some chatter about it between, say, Tiger, Charlie, and, and Justin. Um, but the, the note said, draw hole. So maybe... <laughs> I, you know, obviously he didn't hit the draw. It ended up in the fairway or, or, or whatever it was, but, uh, just yeah, quite, looked, uh, just had about, uh, I want to say about a 25% look shock, shock look on his face. Like I couldn't tell it was a mix of, I can't believe this kid did this or, or just kind of like, Oh my God, he left me a note. It's like, cause it's like, I messed up, but he made, it's like, he got me. You're just like, it may as well have said like, you didn't call backboard or something. He's just like, and we're, we got cameras right here. This little shit on, did this. I mean, <laughs> there's it's, there's different types of jabs. There's obviously subtle jabs. There's those in your face chirps, things like that. Um, I think on the subtle jab scale, one to ten, that was a nine point nine five. Like that's that's pretty scale. much as good as you're gonna get when a when an eleven year old drops a note in a bunker and he picks it up and and basically he just has to look down and shame. Oh he knows he 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 did the dirty. So uh, yeah, some 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 really great moments. Really, what we what we witnessed. Hey, hold on, <clears throat> I'm not just I'm not just playing devil's advocate here, or um or we're just like talking heads and having to play the opposite here. But that's what I mean about like JT looked 25 percent like like what like shocked and then tw- and then 75 percent he kind of looked like oh if that guy like a if that guy was like right here and b if only he was twice his age I like he, he looked like oh it, it didn't look unfriendly but it looked like JT got to me he looked more his head was not down. Like, no, he got me. He looked a little feisty to me, or at least that's how I received it, where he's just like, can you believe this shit? Oh, I wish we were in the same group. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it just, just... We were we were learning so much about Charlie, and then this happens. <laughs> well, that, well, th- I believe that happened Saturday when they were playing together, correct? I don't know. I just saw the video. I assume... Yeah, okay. they, they were playing like, the same group. All right, here, sorry for all those people 10 minutes ago who knew the answer, and we just now got around to it. I guess it's better than not at all, because I hate it when they do that in a show. I've quit listening to shows for people being wrong before, and I don't like being wrong. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, the Thomases won. Not fair, but makes sense. Uh, Charlie Woods, You so obviously the internet was broken the moment he walked onto the driving range. Like, I... The first video I saw, I saw two guys filming behind him. And the second video I saw, like, the next hour was from one of those perspectives. So I'm just kind of like, wow, I guess, you know, like like when I was in that Brent Brewer situation, I'm just kind of like, ah, some people are just right there, right then. And they and people use their shit or their content or whatever. So uh, what, do you, what, what do you think about the kid's swing? I heard a lot of people be, make those, like, 1997 comparisons, which I'm like, well, that's great. Maybe that's just how young bodies work or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, uh, ultimately, I mean, I think he looks, I see a lot of good young golf. I mean, it's just, there's a lot that goes on. This kid's not even a teenager yet. I mean, what do you see? Coach. Yeah, there, there's a lot of great input from Nota Begay, um, great friend of Tiger, yeah, one, of his, one of his probably his closest, um, you know, kind of mainstream friend, uh, as in like a, a former golfer, current golfer. Since college. Um, so, yeah. Um, so 
to hear some insights from him about, you know, Charlie's game. And by the sounds of it, clearly, you know, some people are, are kind of blowing this out of the water because um, he's only really been playing, I guess, competitive golf this year. He's really said, you know, I want to play in tournaments and everything else. Um, let's not mistake that with he's only been playing golf or taking golf, you know, seriously for the last seven months, let's say. Um a swing like that, I, I want to feel like he's been swinging it for a while, right? He's got, yeah. he's got all, all the opportunity in the world, clearly. Um, and, and I coach hockey, and I've been coaching younger kids lately. Actually, 2010 birth year, so now 10 years old, so about that same age as Charlie. And it, it's quite remarkable on, on how fast the kids can pick things up. Um, you know, whether it's hand-eye, that, that physical maturity as they, they grow more confident in their abilities, it, it really is something to just to watch and, and, and you get a lot of joy out of it. Um, and that being said, clearly Charlie's been, been swinging for a while, he's been playing for a while, but now it, it looks like he's got that urge. And I really hope that that is something that Charlie wants. Um, it, by, all, by all means, I'm, I'm not, you know, saying tigers forcing him to do these things i think these are things that charlie is now coming to the age saying hey i want to do this and i think it's it's very cool um it's been it was great to build that momentum towards this weekend we knew that they were going to play this event for about the last month now and when they announced that they're going to play um i i thought it was was great to see and yes twitter definitely blew up it almost broke over the weekend um and it was very interesting to see the different um, attitudes and perspectives around Charlie, his game, what it means, and what do you and mean, what do you and, and and the expectations it, that that people were putting on this child to be. I, didn't, I guess I saw all I saw was just so much. The only thing I saw was everyone freaking swooning. That's yeah. it. It was it was like Beatlemania, but. One thing the Beatlemania fans didn't do was talk about how good a drummer Ringo was or how how great uh, Paul hit that guitar lick. They were just screaming and pulling their hair out. And that's exactly... And the one thing I appreciate the most about it, it was Saturday morning. A lot of us are waking up. We're all groggy or whatever. And all of a sudden we flip on golf Twitter and hello. It's like, it's literally like a volcano popped up in the middle of the ocean overnight and it's not hurting anybody, but we can all watch it. Like, what is this? I mean... What, what do you mean there were different, like, I mean, perspectives or views or opinions that, that like, would be any, would be different? Well, he, you, you saw a lot of the keyboard warriors saying, wow, what did you expect? The kid's the son of Tiger Woods. Well, a lot of... That's, that's not most, really... Is that an opinion? It's not even a stance. That's nothing. That's, that's just cotton candy. It, it, the, the way I look at it is you always have to set expectations with anything. So today now there's online betting forums that are taking bets on will Charlie Woods win a major by the age of 25. Sure. Okay. So fine. The, so but the I mean, same bet that Rory McIlroy's dad laid on him. Um, listen real quick, real quick. I don't want to, I don't want to forget, but, but I got to ask you right now, Matt, have you ever t- taken LSD? You I have not. Okay, there's something very much in taking high-level psychedelics that is amazing that really, no matter how much you talk or you think you like the sound of your voice or whatever, how megalomaniacal you come off as, or egotistical rather, you really realize you're just a grain of sand. So I guess, like, when I saw, I didn't pick it apart as many people did in that regard, whereas, like, when, when I... 
I don't know how to describe it. Like when I saw it, when it happened, I just kind of took it for what it is being like, yeah, it's Tiger's kid. I don't, I don't freak out. I make fun of some of the people freaking out about it, but I don't see anyone really taking like a negative spin, so to speak. I mean, I guess negative is not the right connotation, but what I, what I want to get across here is that this is an 11 year old child doing something he clearly um, is very passionate about and, and something he loves. Yeah. Let's let's not be the people that ruin it for him. So let's not I, be the people I, that put these expectations and these burdens. You know, the people that the, the Twitter warriors saying, "Well, how could you not win with a swing like that?" Well, okay, he's an well, eleven-year-old child. So no, no, I, I, I guess I guess the main message I want to say is, you know, we don't necessarily have to celebrate this, but let's just enjoy it. I, I that was some of the most fun golf that I've seen as some of the most human moments out of Tiger Woods that we don't get to see. We don't get to see that personal interaction with his son. Um, obviously what happened at the masters last year with his family there uh, was a huge moment for golf and for Tiger Woods, but you know, let's celebrate these moments. We want to see more of it. So let's encourage this. Let's not put these expectations and these burdens on a child. Let's just sit back and enjoy the show because I think it was a great show that, that Charlie put on, um, handled himself extremely well, um, and and let's see where this goes. Right, I, I think the you world is oyster. It sounds like you're part of that critical crowd because you and I must be reading two different Twitter feeds because I didn't see Jack about that. I saw a tidal wave coming, and I couldn't tell if it was filled with sharks, dolphins, piss, sea foam, driftwood, kelp. It was just a tidal wave. That was it, and that was us all going like, ooh, Tiger's son swing. And, and it was it was enjoyable. It was nice. I think I even commented on something Matt Janela said, like where the front view of them from the range video, they both had the same little waggle move. Now, granted, yeah. Charlie rechecked his tra- target and Tiger did not. Nobody mentioned that. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, nobody mentioned that. But honestly, I, I did notice they had the same identical little hand waggle. And I was just like, <laughs> but I but I look at things like that going, that makes sense to me because, A, on a literal genetic level, you were going to see some things translate because, A, they were just there, or, B, they were just around the corner genetically, and it's very easy to dust them off and polish them off, and boom, he has the same motion. And, B, this is something I wrote down here, and this is a two-pronged thing. Tiger even said his kids have never seen him win tournaments like in person or live or whatever. He was the YouTube golfer to them. Mm-hmm. Think about that. I don't know if Charlie's been watching his dad swing on YouTube this whole time, too. Who's to say he, I mean, like how, how, how much he's really digestive of his father's career. If he's that into golf, I would tend to think that you, that would be a wild social experiment if Tiger like kept him in a box, like the gimp and only pulled him out to play 18 holes and then put him back in again. So he doesn't even know what happy Gilmore is or Cocoa Puffs or, uh, or what, it, what if his dad was a lefty or righty swing until this weekend. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm I mean, it's just, <clears throat> he, they, the similarities in their swings, just, it was really cool to see, but I mean, it, it was very Lay for this way, I've never seen the tidal wave before, but if I were to see one, I'd make sure a, I was in a safe spot. But B, I wouldn't be all that overwhelmed. I'd just be kind of like, well, what did you expect? I mean, this is it. Look, I mean, that's yeah, why. Fair. And it, and it's not like that's why I'm kind of confused. Where I'm just like, why did I read completely like vanilla? And vanilla was the worst I read about about the the takes. It was like all vanilla or positive, and I was bored with the takes. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I kind of look at it like, well, what do you expect the offspring? All these things put together, what else do you expect? So I mean, it sounds like you're a critic. It sounds it sounds like Smitty's a hater. No, no, not a hater at all. I, I just want to to make sure people aren't you know 
losing their minds over things. I, I, I don't want people, you know, setting these expectations for, for a child. I just want it for me, golf is such a game of enjoyment. I see Jerry Lou getting the whiteboard out. I, I feel like there may be a wager coming on here. Um, and that's exactly yeah. what I don't no, there want will to be in about 10 for, minutes, but keep going. Yeah, for an 11 year old. That's something that I, I would gladly decline. Um, but, uh, but that being said, uh, you know, of, of all the, the takes on Twitter and, and all the, um, excitement, enjoyment of, of taking in the weekend, I, I do want to highlight the best, I, I want to say take that, uh, was, was posted out there from what I saw and it comes from Ryan Barath. So Ryan Barath is kind of the, the club making, uh, guru, uh, and contributor for golf WRX. Um, and he posted, and, and this is a quote from a tweet, a massive reason why his swing is so good and he's able to hit the shots that he does is because since day one, he has been using clubs built for his size and strength. He, he continues <laughs> on to say, so do your kids a favor, get them properly fit clubs and let them have fun. And I thought that was perfectly put and it, it really ties something that uh, I like to promote, obviously club fitting, um, but at the same time, you know, there's a, a lot of, uh, not uproar, but uh, uh, a lot of intrigue about Charlie Woods's bag. And I'm not sure if you saw any photos in particular, um, but it was quite the interesting bag and uh, it, very cool to see. Uh, yeah, no, it, I, I tried to catch as much of the uh, stuff in the background or whatever, the small stuff as possible. I'm not saying I like discovering stuff on my own. I'm not like Peggy Hill on King of the Hill where she goes to Black Friday because she found that that's when the best deals are and she insists she found it on her own and everyone else started to do it because she did it or whatever. I'm not one of those people. But at the same time, and I, I'm kind of going somewhere with this, uh, something happened, Matt. <clears throat> I don't know if you know, but um, in, in the United States, the space program called NASA, it, not to be confused with um, the Bahamas capital. Oh, uh, you mean NASA. That's Nassau, or it's like I don't know. It's a golf game too. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's like there's about four got... different types of NASA. So there's the the rocket. We like to call it front back overall. That 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 fire the the rockets up in the sky, and there's <laughs> Nassau Bahamas. Uh, have flown into there. Beautiful place. I like um, to just front back overall, but that's also a, a finishing position. Front back overall. Yeah. How would you describe your sex life in one word? Nassau. Front back overall. No, that's that, just the. That's the title of your sex tape, Smitty Boy. Anyways, um, so um, NASA is America's space program. And we um, recently, uh, depending on how you look at it, uh, shot three guys into space and then uh, towards the moon. And then one of them still orbited the moon while two detached and went down onto the moon. And we landed on the moon. Allegedly. God, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm everyone kidding. should always get fitted. I don't care what point in your life or your career or how long you've been playing golf or unless you're really poor or you're trying to prove a point in being like a cheap golfer or something. Everyone needs to get fucking fitted. That's so correct. I'm, again, that's why I'm, I'm sitting here going like that acid I took a couple weeks ago. Am I really like, am I, am I really like jumping like through ships here going like, is everyone just saying like the obvious? And I'm just kind of like, really? Real, like like what you said there, just like that, that was the biggest take. That was the hottest take was the kid needs to get fitted or, or let your no. kids get fitted and have fun. Fuck yeah, all your kids need to get fitted. Make sure they, oh my God, make sure they have a good orthodontist plan too. I mean, what? 
<laughs> what do we need to oh this is oh. the exact stuff why i quit listening to barstool like golf pod the first 10 minutes into what i ever did so so the reason i did bring that up is i wanted to segue into your latest experiment oh god <laughs> and so i'm gonna let i'm gonna pass the baton over to you mr uh, nasa scientist and uh tell us about your experiment I was trying your to hypothesis your your research and and the data that you came out with let's hear it no it's not meant you know what that's that you forced this upon me i knew we were going to talk about it but the data the research that the data is okay i guess there, i guess there is something so, to be shown, so, but so 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 let, let's 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 go a little scientific here it's, it's let's mild, let's go with mildly with an m let's, mildly inconclusive let's go with the hypothesis what was the hypothesis here T tell the people it, okay, what, it, what it your more, experience. It more, rose, it more rose from, uh, you ever seen The Martian? I, no. Okay, I haven't seen the whole thing, but um, but uh, I remember it was a good enough movie that I was like, oh, this should be a book, and it turns out it was a book. I did the same thing with their Hunger Games. I'm weird like that. But the whole gist is he when he's out there, when he gets stranded on Mars, he has to kind of make his own way because he's stranded up there forever. So Matt Damon winds up like sealing off his environment uh grows potatoes somehow like you know he makes his own way and then like something else explodes from an accident and he's like has, has to redo it or go about his own way i felt like matt damon of the martian because i it all bred from an, an experiment with the wife where in her bag she's got an r15 driver head but she's got a um i don't know who makes it i think it's aldila but the magnum 44 shaft the 44 gram shaft remember that one from like six seven eight years ago or whatever but it's magnum 44 it's a green one pretty sure aldila makes it and 44 grams light as hell i remember the one time I, I hit her driver i peered the hell out of it and it was just a straight banana sizzler like started a little left to center and just a high pure like <laughs> cut just like the thing took off like a like a bottle rocket just like and it was going to start a forest fire but uh i told her i said well i because i got her a nine wood because she hit a seven wood and hits at the same distance so i'm like all right let's get the nine wood and i'm looking at all the other stuff in her bag she's got like these new wedges she hasn't even tried yet and i said uh let's put my driver head which is a second generation tailor-made m2 nine and a half degree on her magnum 44 uh shaft just to see if there's a difference because she drives the ball 200 plus yards easily with a little cut sometimes <clears throat> but it's consistent like honestly the problem is she's been hitting it straighter lately that's that's what her problem is <laughs> i hate a... that problem personally I, exactly. I find a lot of joy in searching for my golf ball so that sounds boring i don't like using this description with her in the same sentence because i just learned it recently amongst the guys about like how like oh you, you should get a few bitch bucks about that birdie I tell you what, like the straighter she hits it, the more I hear her complain because we do aim for a fade because I, I do help her aim sometimes. But I mean, she can do it on her own. She's a fast golfer and she's a 12 handicap. But I swear to God, she's like an eight. I swear it's she's not a 12. It's I'm kind of baffled by that, honestly. But anyways, are you calling so her a sandbagger? I, possibly. No, I don't know. She plays all, all the golf she posts. She plays with me. So I don't understand. I don't understand. Maybe, I think maybe her she hasn't her short game's gone to dick the past couple of years and she's finally figured like she's finally realized it. She had two four putts the other day and that's all she's freaking talked about. Told everyone I said you gotta stop telling people. Here's me on the podcast saying it because I was like, honey, you need to stop telling people. But since you're talking about so much, I guess it's news. Hey everybody, she had two four putts the other day. First three of the we've been together five years, folks. The first three years we were together, I never saw her three put once. Our first date was 18 holes. I mean, she never three putted once. She had a heavy toe hang putter and had a putting stroke of a, a face bounce putter, which was you know, not the way you're supposed to do it, but she never had a three putter. And that's one of those people you say, don't tell them anything. Just let them roll. Well, well, she has a, she's had the proper putter now, same putting stroke, but it's starting to catch up with her. 
I don't think she's playing. It's we're in December, man. You're not playing any golf at all. We're, we're I'm trying to play as much golf as I can. Mm. Anywho, um, so are you are you going to tell the people what the actual experiment was? This, or oh yeah, oh, so, are you just so, trying so, to to beat no. around the bush here? I was trying to go back to uh, current events. I, I and I was my my, my brain froze because I'm like, oh my god, how did I get get from that point to current events? I didn't. So I, my brain was actually fine. I was panicking. So what happened was I decided to play the round without my driver, which I normally do at my club. You don't need my driver at the club. It's I just hit my five wood everywhere. Even though I hate my five wood, well then I like it in my four iron. I don't give a crap. So she had to leave early, and she was at her car, and I was parked up by the cart barn, which was not very far away. But my lazy ass said. Hey, no, you go ahead. I'll just take my driver head back. And uh, I looked at my five wood and I just said, well, not hitting this good. What if I put my driver head on my five wood shaft, which is a stiff flex 70 gram uh, curl cage. I mean, you know, it's perfectly fine. I wish it was a little heavier, but it's perfectly fine. And it's, and I have, and I got a uh, midsize golf pride tour wrap white grip. And I say white because white I heard has eight more grams than any other, the other colors. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, the colored grips usually do way more due to the dye, which is a very, very, very interesting thing. Um, more or less, you just need to pay attention if you're changing your grips. But uh, now, yeah, uh, carry on. Now, not a full deviation, but I mean, I, something said that in terms of like my swing, I guess that means I prefer a heavier handle. I like a heavier handle, heavier shaft. But overall, there is more of a balance to it because it's like, well, what if you have a heavier head? Then the shafts might be the lightest part. Anyways, that's a whole other segment on top of the segment. So I kind of proceed to take this five wood length driver and um, I played 18 holes really fast and I only had two bad tee shots. And that's when I really tried to step on it, just see what would happen. But every single shot tend to be a very low, I don't want to say pull, but it's the Jerry, it's, it's Jerry Lou's special miss. I call it the right cross where I start my drive up the right edge of the fairway and then just has a low to mid uh, hook draw to hook that finishes on the left edge of the fairway i mean that's essentially and if the hole is a slight dog leg left i'm in the middle of the fairway all day so long as i like, like to, no i like to call those a, a sling hook you kind of sling it out yeah. there to the right and it peels back to the left now see now i call it a cross a, a cross because in more of a boxing sense i feel like i'm starting it out straight for the first half and then it turns because i see enough golf from my uncle all the way to most of these golfers i caddy for when we get somebody to sling it some of their balls start a little left, like golden tee style and have curvature the whole way and can mm -hmm. be still struck well. So that's more to me what I feel like a sling is, one that never had a straight part to it. When I say Jerry's right cross and I'm a right-handed golfer, that means I'm starting like, and sorry, this is just how I visualize it, people. Picture a straightaway fairway or whatever. It's just like, and you're just punching and turning your fist. I'm teaching you how to punch too. Driving with your back foot and turning at the same time, transferring your way through. And you break it down here. But you'd start up the right edge of the fairway, first half, and then eventually you're going to have to turn, and then eventually you're at the left edge of the fairway. I mean, in essence. So that was how all my drives wound up, except the two that I got a real loose with. Tried it again in another round because I felt pretty like, okay, people are talking about like, oh, you want consistency? I'm like, well, I guess that's it. I was hitting it 10 yards 10, maybe 15 yards less than my average drives. Okay, if I'm really hitting the driver well, and I really wasn't, who's to say, you know, I, I prefer a shorter driver, like 43 and a half inches, like 44 inches tops. That's my range. I would say if I'm driving accurately, I'm a 270, 280 driver. And uh, I haven't been really that accurate lately, despite confidence and great ball striking uh, coming together at the same time, not yielding in distance, or not yielding in accuracy. And that wasn't why I did the shaft change, but 
something about swinging that club it, felt, it was a fisher price head it felt like swinging like a kid club it was it was felt like swinging a baseball bat like i have i was closer i had so much more control and yes for the first round when i played it i felt like oh i achieved consistency without even really trying and on one drive i connected i connected like i would connect with any other like connected drive and hit it like three hundo i was like okay that's there we go so it's in there but at the same time much like how i don't miss to the right ever i thought to myself when's that first slice coming with this club because that's all it takes to break the perfect mental stride of there's something about i don't know if you've ever experienced this and i know maybe i guarantee many of our listeners have but i just feel like i've done this a lot of times back when i was a kid i call it like it's like the garage sale club find where oh i found a callaway seven wood and the first five times you hit it on the range you hit it 225 with a draw high and pure and you're just like where have you been my whole life it didn't matter like how it just is how you were swinging in that moment or or when you did on the course but it's just one of those things where it develops into a relationships where when you look at that club, you see one thing and that one thing is success because it hasn't had a top. It hasn't had a sky ball. It hasn't had a, a chili dipper. It hasn't had a beaver t- pelt taken out of wet ground. Like, pfft, I mean, just all these things that wind up eventually happening. Just th- that's what I try and tell golfers when I caddy for them. Bandon's golf resort, as for Jerry Lou, is, is like, where's your, what's your go-to? It used to be for me back in the day, when I had a horrendous grip and swing, but I was playing some pretty decent golf shooting in the mid eighties for a lot. And that was really good for me. I had this Callaway, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Callaway, Cobra. It was a, was it a baffler? It wasn't a baffler. It had rails in the bottom, but it, but it wasn't the right. Anyways, it was a seven wood, 22 degree. I got it on the, I bought it on the vice of VJ Singh. And I hit that thing 225, 230 with a really tall, really controlled to excessive draw. Like I said, maybe that we turning into the, what was Jerry Lou's right cross. And uh, <laughs> that was kind of, that was my go-to where it's just like, Hey, if you have to find the fairway here, what doesn't matter if you're hitting over trouble or the, what, as long as there's not trees in your, or like trouble in your starting line, what can you do? That was my shot. So there's something to be said to me when, when there's just that club, when you look at it with the confidence. So when I grabbed this driver, for some reason with the five wood shaft, the second I stood over it, I was just kind of like, I, for no reason whatsoever, I had this feeling of, hey, this is going to be fun. It's kind of like golfing in the dark where it's just like, hey, you can't see. So what are you really stressing about? I had no expectations with this. I could have thinned my first five in a row and like stung my hands or whatever and been like, whoops, this didn't work. But no, instead I hit, I hit God, at least a dozen of my right crosses at my tiny little club with a lot of trouble averaging 240 to 250 and then the next time i played i did hit one to the right it was in the slice it was a push connected though it was one of those ones where I'm like whoa i timed that because i was definitely aimed to pull the ball a little bit and i hit one i might not have been a push manny it might have just been a straight one who knows but it it was it was flusher rude but uh needless to say that on a tighter course because i mean this is kind of an exaggerated consistent ball flight i know i can dial up with this club i can dial it up with this club the fact that it's a shorter club and this certain move i'm doing on the way down with my hands and my hips is perfect for just like oh don't worry about it you don't have to kill it or whatever just still just just try to put the move on it and it just does its thing i can't wait to try it out at the resort where there uh where there's less trees because i really feel like this is a uh, this could be a, a club that I just keep around or, or a marriage I keep in the trunk where it's just like, oh no, I, uh, let, me, uh, let me go meet you guys on the tee. I'll be right there. And I just fix my driver in the parking lot and be like, no, 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 this is what I'm going to hit out here because it does not miss medium-sized fairways. So, Yeah, so, so just to recap, you put a five-wood shaft in your driver head, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. So out of laziness it, and curiosity and, yeah, uh, it, and it turned to fun and whimsy or whimsy. Exactly. And exactly. Like I, I think it's very interesting to, to experiment with your golf clubs. I for years did not play a standard <laughs> length driver. I was usually 44 inches. Um, so I've been playing now a standard length driver for uh, three seasons and again, got fit and it's the best I've, I've driven the ball. Um, but it is always fun to experiment. So this year I actually bought uh, a 983K Titleist driver. Um, I've been looking into buying some some more retro. Like I, I, I really want a set of retro blades, like an early 2000s, late 90s style um, set of blades just to, to screw around with. But it, it's almost like that that test drive, right? Test driving a new car. You you you're either gonna really love it right off the bat and you're gonna go ooh like it's 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 so different and it feels good and it, it works well or you're you're gonna use it and you're just gonna be like oh the, the, no maybe i was expecting something different it's just not working for me but you kind of hit the nail on the head on um the go-to shot if you could just find that one go-to shot and replicate it consistently if you can be consistent right? Whether it's a, a, a cut, a draw, high, low, whatever it might be, just be consistent with it. So yeah, experiment. But the big thing with that too, I'm sorry, the last thing I didn't get to put on the point of that was um, it bleeds over into your other shots when you start saying like, yeah, you're not swinging the driver like the pitching wedge. But guess what? If you're in the zone and you've got good thoughts going, like yeah. Kevin Neal said in uh, Happy Gilmore, like, you know, like a carousel, you put money in and it goes around with the music and up and down, all good things. When you're in the flow, when you're in the zone, I remember the first time I like shot 74. I, I remember distinct. That's probably the go- round of golf I remember the most. And I remember, oh, that was the one time I was only thinking about one thing. And I don't whether I was thinking about whether I was doing something else. I was only moving one way and it was perfect. Sometimes yeah. I try to replicate that. I can't. But I mean, it's just I. I tell people this is this is the one if I had to put like it doesn't fit on a tombstone, but every golfer I've told this to, they agree. If there's one key to golf, it's confidence. How do you build confidence? It's having two good shots in a row. You can't have two good shots in a row if you don't have one good shot in a row. Okay? I mean that's just that's okay, yeah, Jerry, that's one plus two equals three. But once you get that one good shot in a row, focus for just five more fucking percent on your next shot, just as much as you didn't know you were doing on the last one. That's why I tell people when you, they hit a good, good shot, I'm like, file that away. Cause in a minute, I'm going to be in two more minutes. I'm going to be telling you, keep your head down again, or like, or like maintain that his wrist, wrist tinge or whatever. And then once they hit those two good shots in a row, that's when we're all paying attention. doesn't matter if you're a scratch golfer or an 18 handicap. Once you hit those two good shots in a row, you have a tap in for birdie folks. Exactly. And that's what gets you started. Sorry. That's just, mm-hmm. that's really, that's, that's why I can't write a golf book or even a golf pamphlet Smitty is because I mean, I can't really fit it all into like enough, uh, space there but um oh uh, before i forget i think i have so you still got that uh link soul gift card i do i hmm. do do you oh dumb quite oh i should ask this first i didn't bury the lead um if you were fitted for clubs uh are you flat standard or upright uh i am irons one degree flat oh, darn it i i used to be two degrees up I got, well, I got some uh, Wilson staffs from like the seventies. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to hit them back in the day. Now, for some reason, last time I hit them, doesn't matter how good I'm trying to hit, I'm hitting it now. I'm not going to try. I was flushing the seven iron, like one forty-five. 
Like something was wrong with my swing at the time. I'm just like, whoops, no, no, no. These clubs aren't meant for me. They're probably more- like a half inch or three quarters inch shorter than today's standard and probably no. three to four degrees less. They're, I think they're three to four degrees flat and they are, um, excuse me, just get, we'll get into the specs about it in a second because you're mostly just going to be in about it for the iron heads. But I feel like the iron heads for the gift card might be a nice swap. These are my old man's clubs. Uh, and he was a 14 handicap. And I remember when he was trying to chase the dream and get a little bit better when I was getting better, even though I never got better than him at the time, he uh, was hitting these babies good. And I remember I'd hit him sometimes and be like, yeah, these are good. They're just blades. But I had blades of my own. I had Mizuno MP33s. They were butter. I was an 18 mm-hmm. handicap swinging those. I was loving it. <laughs> well, but I mean, th- that's I now also, okay, I don't know if we ever talked about this. Smitty, my opinion on blades is it doesn't matter what your handicap is if you play blades in my opinion it's how much golf you play how repetitive is your swing you could be a 30 handicap but your full swing part of your game could be perfectly fine and then when you get to like the bunker or chipping or, or putting you're just like you know a complete fucking putts correct now that, that's a that's a bad analogy but anyway putts uh, that i was anyways you know what i mean but uh, I the, whole, uh, the whole point is uh because i've seen it i've seen it before i was that guy where I was going to buy new irons for the first time after mine got stolen, but I've never had brand name stuff. I always had generic shit I bought uh, and put together myself from uh, Golfsmith catalogs. And my last ones I had were Acers, but they were knockoffs of the Callaway VFT Hawkeye cavity backs that had the titanium cavity back. Remember those ones that were like the first irons to be a thousand bucks? Oh, yeah. I had them knockoffs. They were the most expensive knockoffs, like 230 bucks, baby. Woo! Because everything else was like 180 and cheaper American. But anyways, so I'm, this, I was thinking, I was about to do it on eBay, but I remember going to this driving range and uh, I was grabbing some irons that I'd researched a lot because I was also that kid who had a subscription to Golf Digest, Golf Magazine, and Maximum Golf when that briefly existed. But when I was done with all the magazines, they all were in a stack beside my bed. And like when I was, I just like keep reading through them or whatever. So I, that's why I consider myself an equipment junkie and like kind of like a golf news junkie or, and, and a little bit of statistic and history. I mean, because I read magazines and now when I see magazines on the rack, I'm like, or get them. Jesus Christ, Jennifer gets two Golf Digests a month. And we always throw them out because it's like, if we want to read something from Golf Digest, it's in our face and Twitter. So, but anyways, mm-hmm. um, I grabbed, these are the irons that I was looking at. I grabbed a uh, Cleveland TA3s and Cleveland TA5s because the only difference between, no, I grabbed the TA3s. And yeah, and the TA5s, the only difference between those two folks was the TA3s were the non-offset cavity back gunmetal black this is back when they had like chrome gunmetal black like everything matt's face guys this is jaws still on the floor and the ta5s are just a little offset and then um i grabbed wilson fat shafts <laughs> like a like a dipshit i was obsessed with trying to like want to buy the flash the fat shafts for some reason because they sold me on the technology where they're just like oh well we have the biggest shaft or whatever which means torque is different i'm sitting there going tech i'm like looking at my notepad going technically he's right i mean they're the only ones with the different shafts so their torque is different guys are we on board <laughs> so what why why was your face open for the cleveland ta3s brother uh probably my favorite iron growing up i played so i played the ta2s for Ooh. over 10 years so the ta2s were a non-forged they had the little vibration dampening pockets in the behind the top line yeah. it was very interesting but uh basically the exact same head as the ta3 but just not forged um yeah. love the shape i love those irons i played those irons wouldn't you say that isn't that the most so long. balanced shape of an iron head or in terms of conceptual design like if if you were yeah. to show me the blueprint like give me the blueprint to a ta2 or ta3 
or like just like a sketch or whatever, I'd just be like, that is so unappealingly in the in the middle. That means it's going to work as a piece of technology. Or like, I mean, it's just like, yeah, nuts and bolts ain't meant to be sexy. They're meant to be functional. I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's just the perfect blend of 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 head size. So I would say, if anything, they just had a little bit too much offset. But at the time, I really didn't care about offset. But just a, a great shape, a nice rounded toe on them, just for whatever reason like everybody just is drawn to a certain head shape i'm if that's your thing um but for me <laughs> i've had i've had such a hard time replacing the ta2s like i i honestly i had them completely dialed i used them i i went through three sets of shafts in them progressing from when i first bought them to when i finished but uh yeah, I got the warm and fuzzies now. Like I, just all these great memories. All that I can remember some of the best iron shots I've ever hit in my life. Um, Is it snowing outside? Are you gonna cry and, and jerk it, off to your tears? It, I mean, I, it's it, I'm not crying. It's just allergies, man. It's no, just you just allergies. got something. You just got something. In both I got here. something in my eye. Yeah. So listen, uh, to put an end to the story, as I'm grabbing these all these three different irons to try at this driving range, this one guy says, uh, employee says, here, try this. Cause it looked like they just had all the demo racks out there and they were just kind of like, Hey, as so long as you buy the balls, just go ahead and grab some irons if you want to. And I don't, it, 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 but it's also like the dealership at a car dealership, where they're just like, kind of like, Hey, you can go drive a car all you want to. But I mean, there's a pretty big implication that we're going to take up a lot of your time and you're gonna give us some money, hopefully. God damn it. So, uh, I I'm grabbing all these irons and he's just like, here, try this. And he handed me a Mizuno MP 33 and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> sir, I'm a 36 handicap and I don't have a handicap there, sir. I felt like Cliff Clayton. And, uh, all of a sudden, I find because it's maybe now I know I was hitting the TA3 and the TA5 and those, those were both forged, but the MP33 was the first forged iron head I was ever really hitting. And, and like with good contact or bad, but with the good ones, it was, I would, God, this, this might be a little too heavy, but I would say in terms of life events, not as important, but in terms of, analogies that are as close to anything in a tac tactile feeling it was like losing your golf virginity hitting your mm -hmm. first forged iron folks folks if you haven't gone out there and <clears throat> hit a forged iron you literally are still a virgin in my eyes are you kidding me it's <clears throat> and don't get me wrong i swung some cast clubs for years not that long ago just because i got like the full set three through p for 90 bucks and they were in like great shape with like stiff shaft standard length i'm like oh thank you but i mean Oh my God. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. Um, yeah, I, that's how I got the MP33s. Here we are digging into our, our previous golf equipment, just wormholes here. Which well, is, it, well, it, it's, it's it was, quite refreshing, to be honest. Well, it was because it was because I said I was swinging MP33s at my time. My dad and, and my dad. So my, I have these Wilson blades, um, four through W. They're four degrees flat. Right now, the shafts that are in them are like an inch and a half long. That's why hmm. it doesn't work. Like if I if I grip up on them and hit them as proper as I can, it just physics just does not work in my favor because I'm a guy of I'm six foot tall with slightly longer arms. So that that's kind of why this shorter driver shaft is kind of like you know kind of one of my things, you know. Yeah, and and being an inch long, so usually the longer the club, you need to go more upright. The so that that's very. Opposite they were they were for my they were for my dad and he was six foot four mm -hmm. and i mean he was uh 
at the time he's lost a lot of weight he at the time he was uh, overweight but he carried it mostly in his torso and it went by torso i mean it's like his arms and legs are fine it was mostly literally like on his gut and on his chest or whatever but he like stood far away from the ball and had this beautiful like half to three quarter swing always hit the driver with a baby fade 210 215 onto a beach blanket you throw it out there and tell him to hit him on hit onto it he'd aim like 20 feet 15 feet to the left of it and just hit this stupid little baby fade iron iron machine set to it just every time i mean and, and he was a good putter it was his automatic driving and it was his amazing putting that like made him like and i like i said he was an ironclad 14 for life like you could not <laughs> Or, or he got down to, I'd say he played like a 12. He really played like a 12, but I mean, his handicap was a 14 throughout his life. And I liked it because he was, to me, he was the model of consistency, no matter how you did it. I mean, think about it. We were, we were using that analogy earlier. I was uh, saying, um, uh, when it comes to like pitching in baseball, I'm more like Greg Maddox, which is like, well, I don't have the high heat to blow it by you. I'm a couple, maybe a step and a half behind that. But I like to think that I, I can give you some nasty shit and I have pretty good control or at least, you know, or, not, con- not control, that's a loose term to use between baseball, pitching, and golf. More like I can call my shot, like in terms of like, okay, I, I want to do this over here. It's a changeup <laughs> over here, or this calls for a fastball up here. That's what I mean by, no, it's command, command, command. Yeah, he had, yeah, good, yeah. that perfect word. Maddox had command. So I, I like to think I have good command of my golf game, or at least, well, at least the uh, vision and not the execution. So one last thing uh, we need to talk about before we talk about uh, our, our the rest of the year, because we've hit the hour mark here. No big deal, because this is going to be a longer show just a little bit. But there was another youngster playing with Charlie Woods. Who was it? I need to refill my drink. Uh, that was little John Daly. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, not not Lil, not L-I-L apostrophe. But yeah. What? <laughs> That actually sounds really good, not gonna lie. Almost what? identical. <laughs> Jesus. It, sometimes I mean, sometimes I it's just difficult. Just now. <laughs> that, that was very good. I hope our, our listeners enjoy that. Um, but yeah, so so John Daly obviously uh, and his son Little John. I, I'm Johnny Jr. I don't know what you want to call him. Um, but LJ. L, LJ. We'll call him LJ. That's what his father calls him, LJ. That's why but, I say uh, Camp Charlie, Camp LJ. We'll get to that in a second, but it's LJ. Yeah, so uh, little John Daly, uh, great talent. Uh, not sure how old he is, 16, 17, 18 13. years old? I don't know. He's only 13? What? I don't know. 13 or 15, but not 14. He's he's 16. He's 16. Just Googled it. But uh, yeah, Okay! Great, <laughs> great golf talent um, has committed to the uh, University of Arkansas, so a, a larger D1 oh, like program, obviously. Man. Just like the old man going to Arkansas, hopefully doesn't get kicked off the team for drinking balls. JD, no, think no, nobody. That's why this kid's going to be way more successful than you can imagine because he's already got game, and his father, the prince of screwing off, is not whose son, whether by his own rebellious nature or by his father's guided hand is not going to have the same path. Yeah. I, I would hope that their path to hopefully great success is a little bit different. Um, that's why, but, that's why I'm putting all my chips. I I've known about that's what, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. what I was going to say is, uh, you know, hopefully it's just as successful, um, at the end of his career, but, uh, there's different ways of getting there for sure. But, you know, I, 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 I 
other than him being a, a well-seasoned junior player, um, clearly has some uh, some great talent. He's got the physical tools to do it. Um, he's got the backing to do it. But, uh, it, you know, I, I'm, again, just excitement. I, it, it's fun to watch. And uh, I, I don't really want to put any expectations on him. I just want to sit back and, and, and watch. You don't want to put any expectations on him? Perfect. Thank you. I'll take it from here, Smitty. The more <laughs> I think about it, the more – this guy is the next little John Daly is the next hottest shit. He is going to, he's going to win more majors than his old man. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it right here, right now. And, and, and I, I figured that's why I brought up the board. We can do a little Charlie versus little John. Like this is a, a futures futures bet. So you're saying he's going to win three majors. I'm getting ahead of myself on a lot of things here, but first of all, the reason why I like LJ so much is He's been on my radar for two, maybe three years now. I've seen his swing. I've heard his father talk about him a lot. I've seen video of him. I've seen him perform. I don't know his age or like what regions he's playing in or blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the kid's got game. Kids got, I mean, until recently, all I saw was all the good swing videos and how he just seems to like lumber along like a, like a, like a, like a 13 year old, like young uncle Fester being like, well, is this guy going to like, you know, lose the baby fat or is it going to get worse? We don't know, you know? But uh, I mean, he, he just he, he looks quintessentially perfect, uh, just at everything. And then I saw some of that video where he missed a couple putts, or whatever, and how he reacted. And I'm just kind of like, oh, this guy kind of acts like he he kind of hmm. the one. I don't know if you saw the one where he slapped his putter head and got got a little mad. It I was didn't know. Get mad, but it was very. It was very. It was the first like time I saw him like get upset about something, and it seemed like the most professional golf thing you could do if you're upset because he like pulled his putter head up and slapped the face really hard but it was all so quick that he was already moving to his ball hit the ball and whatever but it looked like i'm like oh my hand hurt from watching that or whatever but it just looked like where it was like clean quick he was mad you could tell it didn't affect anything didn't want it to affect others and just moved out of the way and i was just kind of like aha okay there's a there's a little chip right there no big deal he's obviously human he's not gonna miss he's gonna not gonna make everything but I just, I really like seeing that where it's kind of like, oh, that's what he looks like when he gets mad. It was just like a quick little, like, you know, like, you know, like son of a bitch. Just in the end, he didn't hear, I didn't hear anything. There was no audio attached to it. I'm just saying, I never seen anyone. He just did a, a putter face slap, but it was like, if you're watching it, like sped up on two, that's all. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was really sp- quick. I mean. So, so what he didn't get from his father was his, uh, you know, a little bit more fire, maybe the one hand helicopter toss into Lake Michigan at Whistling Straits kind of action. John, the thing that embodied John Daly, and I remember uh, a new fo- uh, friend of mine on Twitter, We Rock Golf. Um, he uh, he said something about like I don't understand the love for John Daly, and then I, I made a joke saying like I don't understand, understand either. And in parentheses, I said as I'm lighting another shrine on my John Daly altar because it's like, well, guess what? He's the American story for a lot of things. It's not even a rags to riches thing. It's just the embodiment of of like he, he's a, a couple different types of novel or story, drama, comedy, music, inspirational, whatever. Uh, he's st- it's the story's still done. Uh, he's one. He's the the leader of the whole point why you need to win two majors to like to be special because he's still an outlier. Which is like how did this guy win two motherfucking majors? I mean, and it, but it, but I'm still proud that my boy John Daly did. He's probably not, I wouldn't say one of the top four greatest golfers of all time, but definitely my top four favorite golfers of all time for several reasons. So, I mean, it's, it's just the whole enigma of like this guy shouldn't be, and he still is, so to speak. There's so many layers to the He's John the Daly. 
He's the Ric Flair. Do you watch uh, professional wrestling? He's the Ric Flair of golf. He's the nature boy? Dude, do you know his story at all? We won't get into wrestling right now, but what I will say about the John Daly fandom is is there there's so many different sides and, and why you like John Daly or why you don't like John Daly. And and you're right, it, it, it's not so much like a regs to riches, but, you know, there's a, a very... Um, I don't want to say traumatic, but a, 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 di- a different upbringing. Um, all the well, talent in the world, how he came to winning his first major as like the seventh or eighth alternate. Um, you know, winning the second one, his, his battles with addiction, alcoholism, um, whatever you want to say to that, you know, gambling. He was basically the guy that said, he, a modern day, I want to say like Gene Sarazen. He just... Wait, no, Sarazen. Who was the other one? No, yeah, Sarazen was like the the no, bad boy of, of golf. And... No, Gene Sarazen's nickname was the Squire. I know it was nickname. Are you thinking but... about Walt Hagen? Yes, yeah, sorry, Hagen. And, okay, yeah, he was the okay, bad yeah. boy, the it's, gambler, it's, the guy hey, that would oh, roll up. No, you're over. thinking Walter Hagen, and you're wrong, sir. He was not the bad boy of golf. But what I'm he saying is that he was the Vince that... McMahon of golf. <laughs> he was. He was one not to. <laughs> He, he played to the beat of his own drum. He did what he wanted to do. He did not try to conform with being a professional golfer. He, he did his thing. He called the shots. He, he did what he wanted to do. He was long John Daly. And he can strum a, strum, a, strum a guitar. He can beat a drum. He can do it all. He's just, he's, he will go down. He's the most probably, he'll go down as one of the top 50 golf talents of all time. No hey. doubt. Yeah, that's that's pretty it's or if you're doing i tell you what if like you're trying to really sensationalize it and you're doing it for a tv show and you're doing a top 25 or 20 he is 20 or 25 like that's yeah. who you leave the list off with is uh number 25 long John yeah or or that honorable one's brought, mention that was brought to you by gritty kitty kitty litter it's right there in the name sorry i, I almost forgot to sneak that in there uh, is that one of our new sponsors when you're Oh, no, no. Actually, to be fair, on my list of uh, funny sponsor ideas here, that was the last one I've written down. I've uh, hit a creative crater here. So, um, uh, no, so I, I get one the way I want to leave this, like uh, Charlie Woods, uh, John Daly thing at is, um, and I don't mean the father against the, the little boy. I mean, little John. I'll call, okay, it'll be Charlie versus LJ. That's what I was going to get the board out for. Mm-hmm. No, it's still years to come. These kids are still prepubescent. Well, maybe LJ's hit his a year earlier, whatever. I mean, we might have a LeBron James situation going on here, and Albert Pujols with a uh, no, it was Miguel Tejada with the uh, birth certificate fudgery. But uh, I want to, I am willing to, because I don't want to force you to be in Team Charlie or Camp Charlie, but I'm mm-hmm. firmly firmly ensconced in Team LJ. But I am going to, I'm willing to go on the record right now, and I know it's going to take a long time, probably long after you and I are dead. Oh, excuse me for it to figure out or pan out but um i really really think that uh his john daly's son will win more majors than him it's just it by that i think uh, more moreover what i'm trying to say is little john daly is going to be a multiple major winner it's just too bad his dad has two which means he has to win three that's all i mean i just feel like yeah little john daly's gonna He's going to be, I mean, or at least he's going to at least win one for crying out loud. You know how many people have one major that are really good? I mean, it's everybody or not everybody. But, I think that's a, uh, I would take that bet. I think it's something we need to maybe think about 
roll into next year, get on the betting board, but that, that that's a lot to ask for. Winning a major is not something that's easy to come by. I I'm just would, saying that's how that's how good I think little John is. And that's yeah. And uh or is that little Wayne? Am I doing this wrong? No, little John, you know, you got it right. Christ. <laughs> Cause I'm just now oh my god. Don't doubt but, yourself. You got it right. From here on out, Twitter, look out. I'm gonna start dropping that shit a lot. <laughs> um so oh, here's the last thing we really wanted to go over because we're getting a little long in the tooth here. Uh, it's the end of 2020. It's been a hell of a year. Matt, what were your favorite moments of 2020? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I have my, I really only, I was trying to think about it. I have a quick one. It was Dustin Johnson winning the Masters. That was a very easy, quick validation for me because it's like, oh, speaking of going from the one major club to two, that guy should have at least finished his career with four. That'd be, you know, he, he's like on the Ariel's level, you know, of golf. So, I mean, let's get this guy a couple more. But uh, what was your favorite uh, moment of 2020 golf-wise? It could be uh, personal or in the golf, in the in the pop pop golf world. Yeah, I would say personally, you know, favorite moment 2020 was, um, you know, finally winning a club championship for sure. Something I've been trying my entire life. Oh, you um, think that's right. Oh, but uh you know that that was that was. Are you hearing this, Ty? Are you hearing this, God? He's in the booth right now. I'm looking right at him. That that was a that was a goal I've had for pretty much my entire life. Finally pulled one off, which was awesome. Um, Can you cut his mic from the here, from this side? I mean, I know you're both in Canada, but okay. Our, our next our next episode, I think it got shot down, but we were going to do a shot by shot analysis and walk through of the entire thing. But um, I, mean, I can uh, mute our him, creative director. I, I know I can mute him, but I don't know if you can. No, I can't hear you now, Ty. Oh God! Oh God! And and of course you had your hole in one first one. Congratulations! Um, but I would <laughs> I would say you know the return to golf. I, my favorite moment that there's not really one moment, obviously the majors were great. Uh, we had some great back nine battles and finishes. Um, but I would just say the quality of golf that we got back, we, it was just such an unknown when, when everything shut down, you know, kind of midway through the players championship, AKA, um, the chain smokers concert that unfortunately was canceled and as yet to be rescheduled. Um, but, uh, (laughs) just, just the fact that, you know, (laughs) every week, um, there just seemed to have been those, those big names gravitating to the top of the leaderboard. Um, some fantastic finishes, some great playoffs right from the first event back at colonial, um, all the way up until, till recently here. So, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a year where you had to sit back. You had to just, you know, take it in. You know, we have golf back. It, it was just a, a good summer of um, playing lots of golf is one of the few fan or few um, activities we could do um, around North America with, with certain lockdowns or, or other things being shut down. Um, I was just more or less grateful to have a golf season this year. And I think that was my favorite part. Oh, you know what? Amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo that real quick and dogpile on. And that, given how during the COVID year as it was, with all the lockdowns and half lockdowns and sanctions and non-sanctions, and you're you and I are international friends and uh, entertainers, so to speak. I mean, because you and I have te- technically a different set of rules on top of a different set of rules. 
and I'm I, I'm very happy. Or one of my favorite things about 2020 was my resort still remained open because the state of Oregon still let golf, even though we've teetered a few times, let golf remain open as much as it could. <coughs> and that's when I'll be. I'll admit it. This is yeah. This is this is a shout out to that one asshole on Twitter that uh, I blocked a while ago, who said caddies are entitled. Here's my most entitled moment here. I this was when I worked the most lucrative season I had as a caddy because I really felt like people saved up their money or they didn't. I know people, I know people are struggling. I'm sorry. I work in a white collar industry. I, the funny thing is I say the same things as some of my rich friends, what they say, and they get chastised for it because, well, they literally file their taxes differently. I'm still lower class. They're upper class. I mean, I don't think that's fair. I feel like because hell, when I lived in Aspen for four or five years, just amongst the wealthy, it, it, it's it, I use that term loosely because it's it's something that's an accurate description of somebody that doesn't necessarily uh, indict their character, which means, oh, hey, if you know this about them, then you can assume a couple things that aren't necessarily bad. And then, hey, maybe you can steer, you know how to steer your conversation at least left or right, right from the get go. And then everything's OK, because when I lived in Aspen, Colorado, guess what? Richest neighborhood or community in uh, America not many of them lock their freaking doors. And they're out there a lot of the, a lot of times. I mean, I'm not telling people go rob them. I'm just saying there's the nicest, most trusting people out there. And I worked at a liquor store for Christ's sakes and hung out with bartenders and servers. And, and then rich people came in and we all did Coke together. I mean, we all had a great time. I mean, it was ridiculous. Just because somebody's rich doesn't mean it's a bad thing. So the golf resort staying open, my averages, I hate to say it. I mean, if you're a new request of mine and you're listening, and I know you are, you guys were the best. The ones that I got, the new ones I got this year, first timers, you guys are the best. If this was the second time I've had you, I don't think there's many of you who are listening on this podcast, but I'm just going to say it. You guys didn't pay near as much as these new guys, and these new guys are great because everybody was just really cooped up, uh, Smitty. I mean, I think everyone was just really, I mean, just happy to be out. If you're going to have a trip and you're going to like do it right or whatever, you budget it a certain way. I mean, everyone has different jobs literally all the people I caddy for that like are listening to my voice right now who I I, I, I consider if, if, if we've gone that far in the relationship where like I've worked for you and you're going as far as listening to this right now I love all you guys I can think of six names right now but I'm not gonna say them because I know there's six more just off the top of my head that I'm forgetting but that being said it's I, I like to consider it more of like a friendship and and luckily I can provide this boutique service here that's where I kind of try to like say like, well, this is why it's going to kind of sound white collar just a little bit, because yes, you know what, when it comes to what I do and how I get paid, woo, yeah, yeah. You want to break it down per hour. Yeah, it is pretty nice. And this, this is the type of stuff you can find me talking about in the loudest looper podcast guys, which is debuting very, very, very soon. I promise. But, and I'm, I'll get off this jag. This isn't even a jag, but, and this is what was that argument that I had with that other guy who was blocked on Twitter, but he's, he, I don't know if he's a listener. I don't even remember his name. It was some kind of fake Italian name. Anyways, um, yes, if you break down what I get paid under the table per hour, it's amazing. That's actually the only pro of my job in terms of like, oh, well, there's no 401k. I'm, I'm not even going to say 401k health or whatever. It's just like there's no guarantees to anything except when you're working, you're making money. Usually the only thing that makes us not work is the weather or secondly, the economy. The economy ain't doing so great right now, but at the same time, that's why I said in a little glass jar or like a little snow globe that is Manadoon's golf resort, I am very thankful that 2020 in a very weird way 
that's why I've told golfers when I worked the U S amateur, that was the bigger dent in my earning potential working for NBC paid me more than, uh, I mean, I love the wall family, love them to death, but they're not paying me, you know, like frivolously, like a lot of people I wish would, they're paying me a nice rate for their service. And I love them. I think one of the Augie, I don't know if Augie listens or one of the brothers, brothers listens. I love you guys, but yeah, I, I tell people openly, it's like, yeah, Jack's my favorite loop, but he doesn't pay worth a damn, but I also have dinner with their family. And I love these guys. Like, they, you know what, honestly, they could probably not, if you guys are listening, you could not pay me at all. And I will still work for you. I mean, for you guys, it's not about the money. It just so happens that in certain circumstances, this year has been a weird fucking year. Mm -hmm. But for me, other than maybe some personal stresses at home, because the wife and I are trying to travel this year. She always gets to see her family for Christmas. First time ever in her life that's not happening this year. I mean, there's just lots of weird things going on. And things are starting to matriculate and everyone's stressing out, blah, blah, blah when it comes to a golf sense, everything's been pretty much sunshine and roses over here. I got a handicap. It got down to a six and I started to get dizzy and then it floated back up to an 8.4. I'm like, Oh, that feels about right. But, uh, uh but that's, yeah, that's- it, it's, it, it's been a very interesting year, right? You, you want to use the word unprecedented, but it's just been something that uh, my generation certainly hasn't been through your generation. We're in the same generation and, and you must said unprecedented was the word of the year. Yeah, like in, unless you're 100 years old, you, you've never seen this. Um, and that being said, you know, I've I've done a lot of of like post reflection this year, right? Because you've had the time to do so, um, and to see golf not only survive but in many cases thrive through COVID, um, through the pandemic, through through everything else that that golf stands for really this was the year of if you haven't done it let's try it hey it's the only thing going let's do it right i, I know up here in canada we've seen a, a a massive increase in rounds played um i'm glad that yeah but you, you guys know, you guys got a winter time that's tough you have a for you have a forced time now where you have to be indoors because that, if there's that, one thing Science hasn't proven much in this whole situation, but if there's one thing we can prove, it's like sunlight is good and being outside where the air is moving around is good. Yeah, so absolutely. And, and, and golf was an outlet. It, to me, golf is, is the ultimate outlet. It's a chance for me. The, the cell phone goes in the bag. I'm, I'm playing with people I want to play with, who I get along with, who I have great conversations with. Um, I'm playing a game that allows me to low impact exercise and get out in nature and, and it's a game that challenges you, not only physically, but mentally, right? It, it's, you know, every shot has, um, you know, every bad shot has a repercussion. I, every good shot creates an advantage and same with life. But what I want to say is that 2020 in, in golf, it's not been a normal year. But if you look at it the right way, it's been a great year. Uh, there's, there's, you know, speaking for myself, great memories. But also, I've been impacted in that, you know, I'm fortunate enough to to be able to travel. Um, and I had travel plans scrapped for the year. And I think it, it, as we move on to our next topic, you know, what are we looking forward to in, in 2021 in the world of golf is is I want to travel again. I, I have a not so much a bucket list, but what I try to do is play, you know, one new top 100 US or top 100 world or top 100 Canada um, listed course every year that I haven't played before. 
Uh, unfortunately, this was one year due to obviously the circumstances we're dealing with. Uh, I wasn't able to pull that off. But at the same time, I had some great golf experiences. Um, and I'm looking forward in 2021 and moving forward to, you know, learning more about the different areas I travel to, um, going on buddies trips and, and getting to know people better. Uh, getting getting people away from the norm, you know, away from a house, spouse, kids, whatever it might be, job, and, and getting them doing something they love, such as golf, and, and doing a buddy's trip. And, and those things are, are the great things that I really, really enjoy about golf. And I'm very much looking forward to those things moving forward. So I, I think as we transition to, you know, what does a wish list for, for myself, golf-related in 2021, look like? My wish list is, is getting to somewhere new getting to play with uh, some, some great friends um, that I love playing with and, and getting us all together and having some fun doing it. So that's kind of my wish list moving forward um, for 2021. Oh yeah. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Great, oh, great oh, reaction good. there. I thought you'd, I thought you'd maybe have a little more well, you, heartfelt uh, reaction. Uh, and how can, how can I say ditto when I said ditto earlier? I mean, it's you true. Saw, you saw a tweet of mine earlier that uh, saying, like, essentially, like, the, the more people I see that treat golf as a game of numbers or, or a number, a game of a number that is par is a tough way to do it. And I said, agreed. The second I started treating golf, like you just said, as a social endeavor where I'm just going to like, hey, I'm going out to going out for four hours with three friends. Who's got the smokes? Who's got the lighter? Who's got the music? Does anyone happen to have money or booze or both? I mean, just like whatever. Let's go. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I have a golf cart two would be preferable you know just whatever let's go i mean it's i that's why oftentimes and this is alluding to a book that i've always wanted to write but the more that i think about it, the more i'm probably not going to write it so i might just talk about the idea more but i oftentimes use the analogy of a foursome of guys going to play golf no caddies or caddies included you can kind of draw the analogy however you want to it's just like a little vietnam patrol or just like a little wartime patrol where it's just kind of like hey uh, we got we got the heavy machine gun. You got the bullets. You got the water. You got the med kit. All right, we're all going out for four hours. We'll be back. See you later. And when we're back, we're having beers. You know, talking about like how man, you almost got fragged on number twelve or something like that. I mean, it's. Uh, I I always thought that'd make for a good story or analogy or movie or whatever. Where it's just kind of like, oh, golf is warfare. Warfare is golf. What's the difference? I mean, that's why Legend of Banger fans tried to do it, but they 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 got close. It was weird. I mean, I mean, 1917 is a very, very much better World War One movie, but that's another, that's another topic for another podcast. So, um, yeah, the one thing I hope for in uh, 2021 is a new driver. That's all. Most uh, beyond that, I mean, hmm. is there anything you expect in 2020? I mean, um, expect. Um, you know, I, I would love to expect to be able to travel again. Um, you know, we're at the end of the year, basically, and, and we're talking about vaccinations and and, and, and everything else. Um, you know, I think we're still months away from a, a return to absolute normal. Um, but what to expect in 2021? Um, I expect to have another successful golf season. I have a new set of goals moving into 2021. Um both professional, personal, and, and I'll say golf-wise, um, I, I hope to, to to hammer a few of those out for sure. But uh, that's a good question. What to expect in 2021? I fully expect 
yeah, uh, that that's a good question. I, I want a return to normal where I can golf. Um, you know, the tweet yesterday you sent out, you know, let's travel, let's, let's do those trips. We we've always wanted to, I think, you know, a lot of people have, um, endured a, a lot during this year. Let's get past it. Let's move on and, and let's have a great banner year of 2021. That's what I expect. I, I, let's, let's remove the word expect. I apologize for that. Let's just all get behind the whole, it can only get better. How about that? Hope. Hope. What do we hope for in 2021? Well, not, you know what? I hate to say it. And I'm, this isn't me being semantical or political. I'm going to get in between with you on the hope part, Matt. And I want you to get on board with me. This is the only reason why I'm trying to argue the point with you. There's a part of hope I don't appreciate where I don't hope to me requires no effort. Hope Correct. Is, it, it, it's hope like is, expecting hope something very, to happen. Well, hope is a very, that's why I'm sorry. And that this isn't like trying to lose our religious fans or whatever. It's kind of why I've strayed away from certain types of religions or certain types of relationships with God, where it's like how you view prayer. There are different versions of Christianity where it's just like, oh, you have to go pray somewhere. That's how you pray. Or others, if you just pause your TV and, and sit there and be quiet for a minute, that that's the same thing too. I mean, it's just all very, that's all your relationship with what have you. So that's why I don't like the term hope so much. I feel like it needs to be some effort needs to just be put in just a little bit. So, I mean, that's why I, it's like, it's in between hope and expect. I mean, that's why I, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't trying to, I, I'm not trying to get it. Like I said, I'm not trying to be political about it, but it, I mean, or semantical, but there's, there's something a little different that it's just like, we, we, I'm trying to find the right word. It's not strive or try. It's the only way it can get better from here is if we collectively and some could view this as keeping your head in the sand but i'm like okay well if we all keep our head in the sand at the same time for just long enough then maybe okay maybe maybe but keeping your head in the sand is an analogy or metaphor for something that's negative so to speak i mean where i I look at it as the literal going like no 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 maybe if we just literally everyone just shut our heads off like literally like what if we just shut the internet off for two weeks and see what happens Mm -hmm. just just see what happens god forbid yeah yeah, you know, you're right. And, you know, it, again, through reflection on, on 2020 and what we've been through and, and, and hopefully what we've accomplished through everything, um, we look towards 2021, I hope, with renewed hope. You know, it, 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 to, to me in Canada, it's a little different just because there's renewed hope every year. Right. I, I, we shut down our golf courses. It, we, we're, we're not able to golf year round, but there's this okay, anticipation. Yeah. And and I think I think we're all yeah, as a society right now, just anticipating a return to normal or right. as close to normal as we can. And well, luckily, I, I, okay, that's a good hold on. That's a good salience that you put in there saying, like, you know, you guys are up there in the north where you have something seasonal. You have something to pivot on where it's just like, no, this is the anchor to the point of the end of the year. There is potentially when it comes to golf, which is something where people gravitate towards great climates or whatever. I look at it like, oh, I hate it when we just bend the calendar things full circle back to boxing day. No, I'm kidding. But that's why I put out a tweet a while ago and and some people got it, but a lot of people didn't where I essentially was like alluding to like, oh, everyone keeps talking about how bad 2020 is and looking how much, how great, how looking forward to 2021 so much, literally thinking that you snap your fingers in January 1st, everything's going to, everyone's going to feel better. Everything's going to be better. The people who were being bullheaded about it took that as like a political statement. I'm like, no, no, no. What I'm saying is don't put arbitrary dates on anything. That's why this cat has never believed in new year's resolutions. You think you got a resolution that is a good idea. 
make a plan and implement it ASAP. Don't wait for, oh, it's after the holidays or whatever. No, Christmas is right in the middle of the holidays. You got Halloween, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, uh, Super Bowl, the um, um, uh, uh, Valentine's Day. And back in the day for me, in between, you had my ex-wife's birthday. You had our wedding anniversary right after uh, Valentine's Day. Jesus Christ, from Halloween to February 19th was a gauntlet for me. And, and God forbid, in my line of work right now, I'm glad I didn't do it. I uh, broke as a joke. I, I, I appreciate the good weather. Just don't hang things on a calendar sense. Sorry, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm glad you guys having the off season, this, it's, it's a nice reset. Having the holiday <laughs> nice, oh, this is what I want to sit inside. I like sitting inside with a nice cup of coffee and looking at our Christmas tree. And, and you know, it's like, I'm looking outside right now and going, wow, it's, this is when the weather's supposed to turn to shit. I'm just going to go out and enjoy the whatever. I mean, in the living room and just this time of year so you make a great point and and i th- i think if i can sum it up for you um or how i interpret it is oh go ahead yes do the, do, do the things you love to do do the things that help you relax or recharge Yo, you know, that, that's that's what it's all about and and i use golf as a great recharge and, and reflection activity um but you know it's we all play golf for different reasons. Um, some of us social, some competitive, some for a job, right? And and it, it all means different things to us. It's been a, a difficult year, but at the same time, let let's focus on the positive things that we can take out of twenty twenty one and and move or sorry, twenty twenty and, and move forward to twenty twenty one. Absolutely, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to we've hit the hour and a half mark and change. Is there anything you like to mandate or uh, say to our fans for our very first year? It wasn't a full year, but I mean, it was our first. I like to do, you know what, speaking of being one of those assholes who sticks to the calendar, I, I like to stick to the years as a season because once mm-hmm. we start more, I mean, we'll be doing it year round, obviously. I mean, this is mm-hmm. when, I, I hate to say it, this is why I'm killing it on Twitter lately. This is sitting at home drinking or, or with my thumb on my ass just dicking off or whatever because it's dark or weather's bad, nothing to do. That's when I'm like getting my best material out, so I'm looking forward to like the off season being really creatively speaking a good time. So yeah, definitely looking forward any, to where can people find you? What's any message, anything you like to mandate? I mean, sum it all up. Sum it all up. Uh, 2020, you know, let's, let's take as many positive things as we can. Hopefully we learned a lot in 2020 uh, about ourselves and, 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 and how we can positively impact others. Um, we, we've all been through a lot, um, personally or, or professionally or socially, whatever it might be, but let's focus on the positives. Let's, uh, let's, let's congratulate each other. Let's help each other and looking forward to a very positive 2021. Um, I, you know, Jerry Lou, thanks so much for the opportunity and, and, and bringing me along and up to speed in the, in the podcast production business here. It's been a blast and, uh, well, come on to continued success in season two what do you oh oh god thank god you said that at the end i was getting freaked out i thought you were quitting or had cancer or something jesus Eddie, come on well listen i i hope you i hope you get golfing as soon as you can same and, uh for all the fans you can find the show on the twitter machine at bomb squad golf co you can find smitty at bomb squad matt i'm at jerry lou looper and uh yeah, by the time you hear this, the uh, Loudest Looper podcast should be dropping. Ten new episodes, new show. I really need the feedback. It'll see if I keep that thing going or not, because honestly, sorry, Smitty, it might be bigger than this show. We'll see. But, uh, but hey, if you one, bigger... one thing I'm, I am looking forward to in 2021 is the Loudest Looper. 
it does sound very captivating and i'm looking forward to it i'm not not lying not not shitting you looking honest, forward to honest, it. honestly the claim is i'm gonna buy shoes big enough that uh i can't get blisters that's the whole point of uh you know overshooting my wad here and uh thanks to everybody for listening to our first season at endeavor really appreciate it make sure to keep your bay doors open so you can have all your bombs away and uh my shout out is to anybody i've seen before or anybody who's listening to this right now who i haven't seen yet who i'm going to see in the future and work for the code word is shia labeef that's the shout out to everybody who brings that back to me all y'all we'll talk to you next year